Hello, this is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working with People by PageStep. The Working with People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Ginger here with us today. How are you, Ginger? I'm good. How are you, Harrison? I'm good. Thanks for being here. It's a crazy time. We've known each other for a while. We met in New York. Uh, but where are you calling in from right now? I'm actually calling in from Toronto. I escaped New York just literally a week ago, and I'm excited to be here. It's been a long time since I've actually spent this much time in Toronto, so it's nice. Awesome. Are you originally from Toronto? I am. I grew up in Toronto, but left 20 years ago to go travel the world and work in different parts of the world. Mm. And so I've been away for over 20 years. Lots of changes, uh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, there's all these new pockets that have come up that yeah. I'm, I'm just like, I have no understanding of directions. There's all these <laughs> amazing buildings. It feels like Hong Kong or Singapore. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I've never just... been to Hong Kong or Singapore, but I've been to Toronto plenty, and it's awesome. <laughs> I, I love the city. It's fantastic. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about shared economy versus flexible economy. But before we dive into that topic. Tell me a little bit about you. Tell me a little bit about yourself as well as Upflex. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I'm originally from Toronto. And after graduating, I decided to go wander the world and I ended up in Asia. So I worked in India, Singapore, Malaysia, and Hong Kong. And mostly I had the privilege of getting into the tech space many years ago, 15 years ago. And I've been spearheading product development from ideation to launch of several different types of technology in the yeah. healthcare, e-commerce, fashion industry, and now prop tech real estate. So I'm on my fifth startup. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, Harrison, when you're starting something from scratch, it's a passion, right? Yeah. And there's always these amazing opportunities to constantly grow and evolve, Yep. but you're always also exhausted. And uh, <laughs> so I think what I'm currently working on and uh, the future of work is very exciting space. And I think this is, you know, the space that I want to stay in. Awesome. I'm excited. It's my fifth and my last, hopefully. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, Upflex, it's like the prop tech world and the future of work world, right? Like HR tech side a little bit more. They've converged a lot given the whole thing that's going on right now with the pandemic because now the companies are worried not just about you know their employees' well-being and their experience, but like the physical aspect of the employee experience has become a really, really big driver, right? So I'm excited to have you here and talk more about that. Absolutely. We started Upflex about two and a half years ago, and it was this concept of you carry your work in your pocket. Your mm. work is on you constantly, and there has to be a way of integrating work into your and creating balance in your work. Hence, we came up with the word upflex, flexibility, essentially. How do we Mm -hmm. create more flexibility in our lives? And one of the biggest contributors of waste is the commute into the office. And this idea that you have to be in an office nine to five in order to get your work done. And it just seemed like such an archaic concept when you're constantly doing work. You know, work is everywhere around you. And, mm-hmm. you know, what's interesting about COVID is that companies have finally realized that you don't actually have to have millions of people coming into an office to get work done. You can get work done anywhere. 
indirectly, we've kind of benefited from that new understanding that we've had for the past two years. And it's been good because we've been having the opportunity to educate people about the whole concept of flexibility, remote working, and bringing our clients along in this journey of not thinking of it as a benefit, but Mm -hmm. more as a workplace continuity plan. And -hmm. it's business imperative at this stage. Awesome. Let's start with the shared economy versus flexible economy. I know you mentioned it a little bit, and this is obviously our main topic today. Can you define shared economy versus a flexible economy a little bit? I think I have a pretty decent understanding of what shared economy is. Harrison, before we get into the shared versus flexibility economy, let's just think about work. Work is multifaceted with many moving parts that are interconnected. What we're seeing is a shift away from the hierarchical organizational structure towards more flexible models where individuals, organizations, and institutions are more efficient and adjust their goals and resources to changing constraint opportunities and uncertainties. And that's what we saw in sort of during COVID. Companies came together. They created small teams. They had to solve the problem really quickly. They became very agile, right? So it's not necessarily shared versus flexible, but if you think about work, work is becoming more flexible versus hierarchical. And it's becoming more Mm team-centric. And I think this concept has been accelerated because of COVID, because people are realizing to have a hierarchical approach to work in a remote, distributed environment collapses on itself, Mm -hmm. right? And so companies are now kind of thinking about how do we create more flexible models that allow people to, their employees to be more agile, whether it's on the employee side or even their real estate. And that's what we focus on is how do we make real estate more agile? But I think overall, COVID has taught us we need to adopt more flexible models across our business units, no matter what, whether it's in the way people work mm-hmm, or in mm-hmm. the real estate assets that we own. Gotcha. And gotcha. So, That's kind of how we've been approaching this new flexible economy from that Mm. perspective. And, you know, there is shared involved in that, right? It's like when we think about flexible real estate, we're sharing spaces within Mm co-working. You know, companies Mm -hmm. are now thinking about how do I stay more agile, have access, provide spaces for people to be productive, closer to where they live. I don't need to own that asset. I can share it. Right. through a co-working model and still be flexible and provide the needed services that our employees want. So what are some of the drawbacks for employers' perspective of both shared and flexible economy in your mind? One of the things that we've seen is 62% of all employed Americans are working from home during this crisis. Mm-hmm. That's staggering number of people that are working mm-hmm. from home. And what companies have found is that working from home, the results have been better than they imagined, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, McKinsey reported that 80% of people are enjoying working from home. So families are finally able to integrate their work life with their family life without Mm -hmm. sacrificing things. 41% of people are saying that they're more productive because they're not spending hours commuting into an office spending three hours of their lives going back and forth into an office environment. Right. And so people are finding, first of all, companies are finding that people are working longer and they're able to maintain their productivity. 
But there's other issues that are coming along, which is burnout, mental health issues. And so the companies that we're speaking to are thinking, okay, I had all this investment. One of the biggest investments in most companies is their real estate portfolio. Mm -hmm. And how can we use that budget more effectively to provide a more flexible opportunities for our people and maybe reinvest it in things like mental health? There is a correlation between ensuring that your people are happy with their lives, they have right. the mental health and wellness aspect covered, and you know, as a, an employer, companies are getting the results that they need from their people. It's exciting because companies are moving into this mindset of you don't have to right. be clocking in nine to five, but you're getting paid to do important work, and the value is in the work that you produce and Tech companies are taking the lead in this, but traditional businesses are catching up. Like Facebook has announced that in the next five to 10 years, 50% of their employees will be working remotely full-time. Shopify has allowed 5,000 of their employees to work from wherever they choose. Twitter has decided that to allow their employees to work remotely forever, which is amazing strides. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, And all of this has happened as a consequence of COVID, as the fact that companies are realizing that you don't need to have people in the four walls to get work done. And it's a very exciting time. Yeah, absolutely. So from an HR or operations perspective, right? Obviously, they're like fighting a lot of fires, looking at every single different change that's coming up, whether it's regulation, whether it's their employees, whatever it may be. What are some of their key challenges that they are facing today and how should they be thinking about those challenges? That's actually a really great question. I think when you think about flexible work, like creating a flexible organization, it's not for whom do you work for, but with whom do you work with, right? Hmm. It's more team-centered approach. So how do you actually get judged on performance if it's purely on a team approach? And how do you ensure that there's visibility Mm. in the career pathing of those individuals, right? I think that's going to be a huge challenge, especially if you don't have access to people on a face-to-face basis. Like, how do you do Mm -hmm. that remotely? How do you build culture that's distributed (laughs) are some of the challenges. The other is now that you're not restricted by location, HR has the opportunity to hire anywhere, Right. And I think that's going to help with diversity inclusion aspect where a lot of the hiring practices were based on who could afford to be in big cities mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, pay mm-hmm. those expensive rents and live in those places. And now these companies like Facebook and Twitter have the opportunity to hire people anywhere in the world and bring in a lot more diversity in their workforce that's not based specifically on economic availability based on location, which is really exciting. And so I think that's one of the benefits that we're going to see as a result of this. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I talked to some of my friends about, which was favoritism is going to be a bit of an interesting challenge for organizations where if you have a half and half model where some people can go in, some people can work remote. And I'm sure there's going to be certain cases where a manager just likes to be in person or likes to be at the office. And because usually easier to create a more meaningful relationship physically when you're there, uh, there's going to be some kind of a divide, 
between the remote workers and the on-site workers. Any thoughts on that? I think you're absolutely right, and it's one of the challenges that HR has to figure out how to solve for. You know, a hybrid model becomes detrimental to the people that are not in the office. But we work with a lot of the heads of real estate, so mm. large companies, and the way that they're reassessing the office space is that office is going to be more where you come in to collaborate and brainstorm. Mm. And so they're looking at HQ as uh, in key markets that facilitate large gatherings, meetings, group-based work, and a way to express culture. And there's different structures that they're looking at, but it's going to be interesting because this problem is going to exist in the education system as well, right? Right, um, right. Where it's like the kids that go to school versus the kids that are remote. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we cater to that? And I think we have to be inclusive. So even if you are in the work environment, you're bringing in, and luckily technology has become more capable of providing a more immersive environment Mm -hmm. and with virtual reality and augmented reality, that's going to just make it almost seamless, right? We're not there yet, but hopefully, you know, once we get there, it doesn't matter if you're in the office or at home, the experience is going to feel the same and collaboration tools. There's all these amazing new collaboration tools like Mural and Mm -hmm. Klaxoon that allow you to continue to collaborate regardless of physical location. So those types of tools need to be adopted to create that, to sort of reduce that gap of in-person versus uh, remote, I think will make a difference. So you mentioned some of the tools, and I personally use Mural. I think it's a great tool, by the way. What are some of the other tools or processes or initiatives that HR and operations team should kind of think about in order to really embrace and successfully implement these workplace flexibility elements? Well, I think one of the things that COVID has taught us is that we have to move quickly and we have to move fast. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing it with a large group of people, it doesn't work as efficiently. When you divide that into projects that is spearheaded by teams, you become more agile. And so I think one of the ways that HR and companies and managers need to kind of reassess how work is kind of structured, right, to -hmm. make it more agile and more efficient for a more of a team-based approach and project-based that allows people to be able to come in and participate in project and then disperse and join another project. And that helps with like the knowledge and growth of your people, right? Mm -hmm. This idea that you work on one thing forever, I think is outdated. And the new ways of working is this quick sprints, small teams, agile, project-based. And so those types of new structures need to be put in Mm -hmm. because we, at this stage, Companies have to move faster than they ever have. It's the exponential growth that's happening around us, whether it's technological or other aspects of our lives. And in order to keep pace with it, companies have to be more agile. And so those team organizing work through team structures, project base is going to help companies be more innovative as well. Awesome. So one of the things that I always like to ask is like measuring success when it comes to these types of initiatives. And I think talent, people, HR initiatives typically are some of the harder ones to specifically define scope and measure metrics, really. How do you think about that, whether it's for your partners or your clients or your prospects? 
That's a really good question. I think in this new way way working, it's the things that I always ask myself as a leader, and we have a team, is how do I provide feedback in a meaningful way, right? And because I've always been in tech, we use the sprint model where we do a sprint, we start the sprint, we outline what we're going to do, and at the end of the sprint, we assess, like, mm-hmm. do we meet our metrics, right? Defining the goals at the beginning of the project and defining whether or not we met those goals. And so the way that we measure success is more on a project basis as opposed right. to an overall. But then that has to be implemented in a career path process. Otherwise, you it's good because you can measure things more efficiently. Have I reached the goal, the KPI that I set out on this mm-hmm. specific project? Mm-hmm. And I have multiple projects that I'm working on. And in those projects, I have different people that I'm interacting with who also contribute to my overall performance. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, how do I continue to build the career path mm-hmm. that will lead me to evolve in my career? That's an area that I'm still struggling with in this new model because I, I think measuring success is easy, but enabling people to grow into a career path mm-hmm. when you have a project-based system is a lot more challenging because you have a lot of people who can do a lot of different things. Right. But not, they're not experts at one thing. So right. <laughs> that, I think that becomes really challenging for HR and figuring out how to ensure that that career pathing process is still kind of taken into account as people are participating in these more flexible ways of working together. Gotcha. No, that makes a lot of sense. Well, thank you so much for your time, Ginger. Where can the audience find you and your thought leadership? Well, come check us out at upflex.com and I'm on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect with people. You know, future work is a subject that I really, really care about. I care about people and I want to figure out how to help people grow and evolve in their career paths. And so these are areas that I'm passionate about. So I'd love, feel free to contact me and reach out through LinkedIn. Awesome. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to Working with People by PaveStep. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com slash podcast. Thank you, Ginger.